Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I was maneuvering my bumper car through the supermarket last weekend when I overheard just a few words of someone ordering a Thanksgiving turkey. She said, Don't you hate how you never have room? We could all finish that sentence, couldn't we? It's not just about room for seconds or all three kinds of pie. It's about room in our lives for what makes life sweet. Thanksgiving Sunday. The opening bell is sounding for the sometimes seemingly endless and inevitably exhausting holiday season. Just around the corner, the trappings of peace on earth threaten to wreak havoc on our inner peace. We are poised this morning at the edge of that cresting wave, perhaps our last collective time of spaciousness and serenity until the divine madness subsides with the close of the year. Quickly then, while we still have room, I want to reflect with you about making room for gratitude, which shares the same roots as grace, to reflect on making room to be grateful, room to be graceful, room for Thanksgiving. It occurs to me that the first thing we need to do to make room is to make room, literally. Drew Gilpin Faust, president of Harvard University, spoke recently at the 90th anniversary celebration of Concord Academy, the high school from which she graduated. She quoted Elizabeth Hall, the headmistress who had so profoundly influenced her, flipping the form follows function principle associated with modern architecture, and saying instead, function follows form. When Mrs. Hall said it, she was nagging. She meant that if the young women of Concord Academy would dress like ladies, then ladylike behavior would follow. No comment. But the idea caught my imagination. Function follows form. What if in decluttering our physical space, form, we might create an opening for grace and gratitude? Among professionals in the field of substance abuse recovery, there is a metaphor I love. Inside each of us, we say, there is a God-shaped hole. When we abuse substances, and by substances I mean in the tradition of Vietnamese Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, intoxicants, broadly defined as substances we ingest, including alcohol and other drugs, 
unwholesome media and food, as well as relationships that are not life-giving. To engage with these things is to fill the God-shaped hole with them to the end that there is no room for God, no room for the promptings or the movement or the presence of the spirit of love, service, justice, peace. No room for thanksgiving. Wise elder and author Angeles Arian clearly believes there's a connection between clearing out our physical space and making spiritual room. She calls for a personal and cultural shift in our prevailing paradigm, starting with, she suggests, moving, giving, or throwing away 27 items for nine days. I suspect Angeles Arian has been consorting with Fly Lady, the queen of decluttering. Fly, F-L-Y, stands for finally loving yourself. The queen of clean can be found at flylady.net. She is no less than the inventor of the 27 fling boogie, which is to be done as fast as possible. Take a garbage bag, she writes, walk through your home and throw away 27 items that belong in the trash. Do not stop until you have collected all 27 items, then close the garbage bag and pitch it. Do not look into the bag, just do it. Next, she continues, take an empty box and go through your home collecting 27 items to give away. As soon as you finish filling the box, take it out so you'll be less tempted to rescue the items later. This will change the energy in your home and bring about, she says, good feelings. I don't know if the numbers 27 and 9 are mystically derived. My sense is that the willingness to move, give, or throw away anything is enough. The point, says Angeles Arian, is to make space for something new to enter. Function follows form. Once we've made that outer space, what might happen to our inner space, that God-shaped hole? My friend and colleague in Haverhill, Frank Clarkson, sent me this roomy poem on Thursday night. There's hidden sweetness in the stomach's emptiness. We are lutes, no more, no less. If the sound box is stuffed full of anything, no music. If the brain and belly are burning clean with fasting, Every moment, a new song comes out of the fire. The fog clears and new energy makes you run up the steps in front of you. Rumi. I suspect that where those steps might lead is to a very special insight into our deepest yearning at holiday time not to be so full that we don't have room, not to be mired in food or things, but to taste the sweetness of being with those we love, 
the preparation and sharing and stories and laughter around the table and all that follows. And being at peace with ourselves. Here's a testimonial. Author Meredith Johnson undertook the 27 things in nine days practice. On a table in my kitchen, she writes, stand 27 rolls of film, exactly 27 from the last two vacations with my beloved before we ended our relationship. Do I want to develop them? That is, move them and revisit those memories of happier times? Or do I want to throw them away? And then on a bookshelf, I find travel books for those places we were going to go and didn't. Is it time to give them away? The decisions to move, throw, or give are painful as though part of my soul would be lost with whatever I let go, she says. Meredith Johnson chose to loosen her attachments to what might have been, could have been, should have been to make room. As she emptied the rooms of her home, even when her heart was heavy, she began to feel lighter. Light shone in. And the power of the release, she said, carried with it a sense that anything was possible, a new freedom from the old habits and old ways of being. She had made room, she found, for deeper meaning. She had made room for gratitude. Mary Jose Habde was the daughter of a Seneca Iroquois mother and a Southern Baptist father. She grew up to be a Seneca elder and a Franciscan nun. It's an extraordinary bridge between two cultures. <laughs> she shared this Thanksgiving story of the Seneca Iroquois tribe, which celebrates no less than four full days of giving thanks, a rather extraordinary and victorious response to a holiday that traditionally carries so much grief. These four days, Mary Jose Habde taught, have a formal order consisting of storytellings, teaching, silence, singing, drumming, chanting, rest, the serving of special foods, including strawberries, the sacred berry of the tribe, and remembering all of the things for which to be thankful. To help in the remembering, she says, the ritual has 16 special chants of thanks. They are for people, the earth, plants, water, trees, animals, birds, the sisters, which are special powers that help people care for themselves and for one another, the wind, thunderers, which are the powers that bring rain, the sun, moon, stars, the four beings, which are the powers that bring strength and enlightenment. And then for a member of the tribe named Handsome Lake, who was particularly effective in spreading Christian values. And finally, for the God they believe created them. 
The chanting begins with a reminder that at the time of their creation, the sky dwellers told the people they were to move about the earth with love. They taught that they were to relate to the earth as their mother, and that the very first thing they should do when they meet one another is to be thankful for each other. Often, writes Sister Mary Jose Habde, we take all that we have for granted, or we think that we have earned everything we have. We fail to see that our things, especially the important things, are all gifts. She concludes with a question. Can you imagine, she asks, giving thanks for four full days? What if we could clear the clutter from our lives and make room to count our blessings with that quantity and quality of gratitude, that kind of thanksgiving? Imagine. This is Father Daniel Berrigan's poem, Communion. Sometime in your life, hope that you may see one starved man the look on his face when the bread finally arrives. Hope that you may have bought it or baked it or even kneaded it yourself for that look on his face, for your meeting his eyes across a piece of bread. You might be willing to lose a lot or suffer a lot or die a little, even. Beloved spiritual companions, when we declutter the God-shaped hole, we make room for the promptings and presence of the things that make life sweet, for gratitude and grace. May we remember that everything important is a gift. When I count my blessings, I count you.